5AA Mornings with Matthew Pantelis. 25 to 12 on 5AA. Well, every Monday morning we have a little segment called State of uh, Our State. And today we are looking at uh, the fact the state government is investing $41 million in uh, delivering 10 different electric vehicle actions that uh, will help accelerate EV uptake here in South Australia. It's all part of being carbon emission um zero carbon emissions by 2050 net zero so we're on the path and there's a lot to go some people are skeptical about uh, evs my personal view is i can't wait to drive one not so much for the environmental benefits but for the fact i'd never have to talk to a mechanic again and that excites me greatly but i'm a long way off um being able to afford an ev and then there's the range anxiety so we'll see if my guest today can convince me differently peter natris is here manager of future industries with the department for energy and mining's growth and low carbon division that's a mouthful peter good morning to you Morning. And uh, Kathy Butfield, who is uh, Project Manager, EV Integration, Department of Energy and Mining's Growth and Low Carbon Division. The title follows you around. Hello. How are you, Kathy? Thanks. I'm welcome. So uh, now the government's putting a fair bit into this. Peter, let, let's start with you. EVs initially cost more to buy, and that precludes me at the moment because they're just so expensive. Uh, what are the benefits of, of going down the path for a person? Yeah, and it's at the moment certainly there is a, a higher upfront cost uh, in in many regards to uh, buy an electric vehicle, uh, but we are seeing a lot more affordable vehicles coming into the categories that people want. Mm. So we're seeing some brands out there, you know, like MG. We've seen BYD now come into the market from uh, China, uh, and they are bringing cars that are in that sort of just in the forty thousand okay. dollar range. Uh, when the average car that price that people are buying is in about $35,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of benefits for people in buying an electric vehicle that are not all about uh, the upfront cost. Uh, it's about the maintenance. It's about the running costs. So uh, on the weekend... Uh, you know, uh, my wife took our electric car up to, up to Claire. Okay. And, you know, it's, it's about, um, it's about a quarter of the cost per kilometre, uh, to, to drive that distance yeah. just because of the low cost of electricity compared to petrol. Right. Uh, there's the other benefits are, you know, we live in cities and towns and we're surrounded, we're burning fossil fuels mm. and we're breathing that in. So there's, you know, a lot of issues around, uh, the, the poisons that are in that mm. air causing mm. lung cancer. Uh, so there's a lot of societal benefits that aren't just about the individual. They're about the community at large that are about here and now the local uh, community, not just climate change, mm. which people see as this sort of nebulous global issue. It's about local issues and what's in it for us. Yeah, all right. Cathy, people with electric cars and, and even thinking about buying one, the key question at the moment would relate to range anxiety and the fact that, you don't want to be stuck on the side of the road. You can't walk down and ask for a can of electricity from the local service station. It doesn't work that way. So uh, how many charging locations and charging bays are we looking at? Because we'll need a lot, won't we, ultimately? Absolutely. And I think one of the biggest projects that we've got in our team is that the South Australian government awarded $12.35 million to the RAA, Mm. um, which, of course, is a very trusted South Australian organisation, to construct and operate South Australia's first statewide EV charging network. So just that project alone is going to deliver around 140 sites and we're looking border to border, so not okay. just in little pockets, yeah. um, and over 500 charging points at about 52 locations around the
the state. So there's going to be a mixture of um, DC charges, mm. which are the rapid higher higher power charges, yep. as well as AC charges, which are more for when you go and you stay and you're at your destination and yeah. you know your car can charge overnight. So. As of today, there's 13 of those sites operational now and they're starting to ramp up with the delivery of all of those. And about 75% of those sites are actually going to be out in regional and rural areas. So a really big focus on that. Are we going to eventually convert petrol stations to electric charging stations? Is that realistically where it's going to go? It's interesting that you should say that Mm. because when we look at the broader charging network, we've got, um, you know, the federal government's driving the nation fund with NRMA releasing um, a national charging network. But you've also got Amp Charge coming through from Ampol and BP Pulse have got their charging network. Most of them are in the eastern states at the moment, but we're seeing more and more of those providers actually starting to incorporate EV charging into their into their business models. So it's all coming. It's it's happening for sure. Peter, what supports available now? You, You talk about, for instance, the BYD brand, which is just marginally dearer than a conventional car at the moment new. So what support's available to help people buy an electric vehicle? Well, the South Australian government has, uh, as part of its uh, work to repeal the road user charge, which is a, a big commitment that the government mm-hmm. made. Now, that uh, has reduced the cost uh, for people uh, and improved the certainty for people to buy an electric vehicle. There's also a $3,000 uh, subsidy for new vehicles that are purchased, uh, and that also comes with a, a three-year uh, registration fee exemption. Mm. Uh, so that's that's a useful contribution yeah. to that upfront cost that you wouldn't get with other vehicles. Mm. Uh, in terms of uh, for fleets, uh, there's the uh, the federal government in the budget last year uh, removed the fringe benefit tax uh, obligation upon businesses that um, incorporate fleets, and then uh, their employees have. Uh, that that can save a significant amount of money uh, over the life of that vehicle mm. when it's in in their ownership. Uh, so there's there's uh, there's a suite of things. Yeah. It's not all just about I suppose the state government. There's we see the pieces of the puzzle now come yes. together to support the consumer to buy those vehicles. Ultimately, though, and this isn't a decision for you or a call for you, but that would be untenable from a government's perspective because as more EVs come on, the the f- uh, reduced rego and the lack of a any sort of road excise. Ultimately, when the balance tips more in EVs, is really untenable. Yeah, it's a point in time. Yeah. I think the important thing for um, you know the role of government is uh, mm. to fix uh, like um, failures in the market. Yeah, and this is a point in time support, yes. and which yep. is why you know if people are looking at buying a vehicle, it's mm. important to know that these this support won't last. Yeah, uh, forever. Yeah, forever. No, that's exactly it. Danny's called in. He's got a question on uh, on EVs, and uh, either of you can decide who wants to take it. Danny, good morning. Morning, guys. Um, morning uh, everybody Um, just wondering we hear a lot about you know buy EV buy an EV it's good for the environment it'll save you money blah 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 the one thing that sort of gets skirted around is the second hand market now I can go and buy a second hand um, ice powered vehicle for well under $5,000 now I'm not going to go out and spend $15,000 maybe on a second hand EV only to find that I've got to spend Eight or ten thousand dollars to replace the batteries. So, is the government going to address that by creating more public trans- transport infrastructure, or is there just going to be a section of society that misses out? That's a very good question, Danny. Uh, the 
With all with all uh, technology uh, change, uh, there is certainly a. It starts with a trickle and ends with a flood, and so there there is a very limited supply of vehicles that are in the second hand market uh, at the moment because, um, you know, even though we've had electric vehicles coming to Australia since you know ten years ago, mm. the Mitsubishi iMeve and the Nissan Leaf, yeah. they are held very tightly by the people who have them. They like them, uh, and now we're in this early stages of mass market adoption, and so we'll, it will take a couple of years um, for these vehicles to come into circulation. Uh, but will will I be able to go and buy? Like a cheap run around for you know five or eight thousand dollars in a, an EV equivalent, or is that just never going to happen? From what I understand, speaking to some experts that I've spoken to, basically their stance is that's never going to happen. We're never going to go back to being able to go and buy a five hundred dollar Commodore run around. It's always going to be in the future. It'll be like twenty thousand dollars minimum for a second hand vehicle, and I don't know too many people on benefits in that. They're going to they're going to end up having to give up their vehicles and use public transport, which is probably not going to be great in some circumstances. Mm. So, so what we what we uh, we don't know is how this technology will uh, evolve over time. So, mm. what we we know for sure is is that the the change is is upon us. Uh, when we look to uh, markets like uh, China and Asia, they they have a different uh, appetite for the vehicles that they use uh, and. They are certainly starting to f- see vehicles come into their market that are not your full-size sedan, but they're in that $5,000 US price point. So let's say that's about $7,000 Australian. New. Um, we So this is where it's going to be really interesting. We hear a lot of talk about you know companies like Tesla, mm. and it's about the cost of production and their, their, the way they're making cars. Yeah. They are totally rethinking how to make these cars to bring it bring the cost down so that, um, you know, what you speak about is actually realised, is we need this to be a global technology, yeah. not something that is just expensive. And in the future, I mean, look, humankind has not ever come up with a problem it hasn't been able to solve, um, and that's the history of mankind. And so ultimately, eventually, down the track, and it might take some time, but you'd expect cheap batteries for second-hand EVs will become available. Yeah, well... Ultimately. Well, if we look at um, you know the the you know the second point that was made around mm. uh, batteries yeah. is that these batteries are warranted for eight years, just mm. like normal vehicles. Yeah. Now, that that is a, a sign of confidence from your uh, like LG mm. uh, Energy, the people who are making these batteries, are the yeah. people who take that responsibility for mm. the manufacturers of the vehicles. So there's not, and the expectation that you'll need to replace your battery is is mm. not. Uh, probably well grounded with modern technology. Yeah. With the batteries that are in vehicles today, they will last 300, 400,000 kilometres yeah. and still have 80% okay. of their range. All right, that's interesting. Keith has called in. G'day, Keith. Hello, Matthew. Yeah, good, thank you. Yes. Now, one thing I'm a bit concerned about is in the Aussie accident, could you be electrocuted from the batteries? Electrocuted? Oh. Yes. Um, it's certainly uh, an important uh, question. And when we look at uh, like vehicle standards and, uh, you know, the, all these vehicles are built with, with accidents in mind. So mm. when we look at uh, the safety crash ratings, uh, these vehicles are run into stationary objects until they are released into the market, uh, you know, but well before. They are yeah. safety tested at, at great expense to mm. the companies. 
we look to the federal government, you know, with that first import. The Australian standards are there to protect us, and the federal government is the the authority that are responsible for managing the importation of vehicles, and safety is absolutely f- at the front of their yeah. mind. Emergency first responders, it is something that, that uh, I'm, the fire services, that even the Defence Force nationally, because they have, you know, very uh, lots of experience in responding to mm. uh, fires. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they are at front and centre looking at the safety of these vehicles right. in every scenario. So the answer is not no, but extremely unlikely. Extremely unlikely yeah. because they're designed yeah. with that in mind. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, the other thing was um, there was a chap on 5AA the other night talking about the uh, cars when they have to change tyres, they have to be jacked up straight. Mm-hmm. They can't just jack on one wheel. And do they have a spare tyre? Mm. That's a good question. The, the my understanding is that they don't have to have all four, four wheels lifted on a hydraulic hoist. It's uh, no yep. no different. They can have that point point lifting with a jack. But they are heavier, though, aren't they? That's the problem. Well, an electric or, vehicles, you know, compared to a like for like sedan to sedan, they're, yeah. they're heavier. But yeah. when we look at uh, Hiluxes, and there are a lot of very heavy mm, vehicles mm, on our roads. Sure. Uh, so our roads are designed to take, you know, 100 tonne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they are heavier. Yeah. But uh, yeah. in terms of having a spare tyre, we, we, we see uh, that becoming uh, less and less common in all vehicles. Yeah. Uh, and the reason is they're taking that weight out of the vehicles because fuel efficiency is such a focus mm. for manufacturers and space. They are designing out the spare tyre in all vehicles. Mm. Um, and that's I think, reflects the 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 significant service and the reliability that we have on organisations like yeah. the RAA and then RMA mm. is that most people um, can rely upon that service uh, and they don't leave their home environment that much that it's essential yeah. they carry that. All right, Keith, look, thank you. Sam and Brian have called in as well. Lots of questions on EVs today. We need to take a quick break, so we'll do that right now. My guests in the studio from the uh, the Department of uh, Energy, let's just call it that, Peter Natras is the, the manager there, and uh, Kathy Butfield as well, who, uh, and Peter's a former town planner, so understands all the issues around uh, Kathy's project manager, EV integration. So we will take a break. State of our state, back with more of your calls after this. Join David and Will each week on the 5AA Breakfast Show as they speak to power excitement machine Orazio Fantasia. Orazio! Thanks to Foodland. With more stores close to home and everyday low prices, great food lives at Foodland, the mighty South Aussies. The seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's most awarded large SUV ever. Unlike any other SUV in Australia, the unrivaled Kia Sorento is available in diesel, petrol, hybrid and plug-in hybrid technologies. The Kia Sorento, awarded and unmatched like no other seven-seat SUV. To find out more, visit kia.com.au or visit your nearest Kia dealer. Kia, movement that inspires. The future's in our students' hands. That's why phones shouldn't be. The state government is banning mobile phones in all public high schools. So it's phones off while school's on. Learn more at phonesoff.sa.gov.au. A message from the Government of South Australia. Hi, I'm Steve Wormald from Walco Linus and Covers out of Paraka. We're a manufacturing business. So far as advertising, we've done a few things. Print, magazines, a couple of spots on TV, but we've never done radio. Contacted 5AA and were teed up with James Wellham and thought we'd give it a go. Very much James's pitch was that quite a distinct from a radio show with music. 
a talk show, advertising that comes in on chat show will be more like a testimonial. So that was quite attractive to me to give that a go and actually be personally endorsed, I suppose, by the talk show. 5AA is the only one in town. We gave it a go. That was 2016. To get your message out there and grow your business, visit 5AA.com.au and hit the Advertise With Us link for more information. Welcome to REA Claims. You're speaking with Kim. How can I help you? Hi. Um. Yeah, I've backed my car into a pole. Was it a Stobie pole? It, w- it was a Stobie pole on Collin Grove Avenue in Broadview. Oh, near the Lawn Bowls Club. Uh, yeah. I know the one. <laughs> and you know that one. When you have RAA Comprehensive Car Insurance, your claims are always handled right here in SA. RAA, helping you every day to keep on moving on. T's and C's apply. Consider the PDS and TMD. Product issued by RAA Insurance. Available from RAA. Every 30 minutes, one Australian loses their life to heart disease. But it takes less than 30 minutes to know your risk. With Heart Week happening now until the 7th of May, you can take three simple steps to keep your heart healthy. Get your blood pressure measured. Go online to calculate your heart age. Or book a heart health check with your GP. Learn more today at heartfoundation.org.au slash heartweek. Hey Siri. McGain. Of course, McGain. Where should we go for Dad's birthday dinner? The Aussie Inn at Hackham is perfect for a family dinner. you got to try the crocodile. Sounds amazing. It is. Also, have you sorted your dad's gift? Ah. He loves his golf, so grab him a Drummond golf voucher. Always looking after me, McGain. Of course. McGain, massive supporters of local. No wonder everywhere you look there's a sign popping up saying, Sold by McGain, again. Matthew Pantelis on 5AA Mornings. 17 degrees in the city now, 19 today with showers. That's pretty much it all the way through till Friday, give or take the amount of showers. So it's not going to be a warm week, but nevertheless, we are talking EVs at the moment. Peter Natras, Manager of Future Industries, and Kathy Butfield, Project Manager EV Integration, both from the Department of uh, Energy and Mining. Peter, you mentioned your wife took a, an EV up to Clare yesterday. Any range anxiety? Did she, did she have to charge when she got there? Because if you're going on a 200k trip and then have to charge before returning that's a pain in the neck uh well i suppose the the range anxiety was more my worry okay. rather than her worry right <laughs> uh so the uh, the great thing about electric vehicles mm. is that you can actually charge them at home okay all right so that's the difference we don't have pet, uh, petrol and diesel bowsers at our own homes yeah uh so that was to stay with uh family up in clare valley yeah uh and so th- that was Really easy, the convenience of just plugging it in, yeah. charging it at the right time. Okay. Um, you know, so nice. Done. Very easy. Uh, Sam at Williamstown's called in on the issue of battery life. Hello, Sam. Yeah, g'day. Hey, um, good morning. Um, I've got a, a, a hybrid, uh, a Toyota hybrid that we've had for about two years now, and I, I noticed um, the actual uh, the battery side of things, it's not as efficient as it was when we first got it. It's, it's degrading. Um, and... My question was about the warranties, you know, like the guarantee the batteries for eight years, but only to have 80% life. Do they measure them during their life? And is the warranty or guarantee about a certain amount of, what do you call it, efficiency or, or battery life that you get out of them? Sure, good question. So the you'd need to check with your manufacturer as to what your warranty actually covers. Uh, typically, it's like solar panels where it's a guarantee within a certain number of years that it will have the 80% of its original capacity. Um, so in solar, it's, you know, generating capacity over 20, 25 years. 
uh, with batteries, it, it's having that level of uh, charge capacity uh, at a certain point in time or after a certain number of kilometres are travelled. Yeah, so, so are we at the right time to be buying cars with batteries? If the technology is rapidly improving, are we better off just holding a bit longer? Uh, I think that the there's been an amazing amount of uh, improvement to the technology in the last you know five years. For example, it's gone to a whole new level of um, of uh, manufacturing and chemical purity. It's the chemicals in those batteries that make a big de- you know decide about mm. their life. And if we look to vehicles that were ten years ago, uh, that was a different industry because. Back then, the chemicals that went into those batteries, they were just going to ceramics industry, glass industry. Now we're talking about real high-purity chemicals that are made purely for uh, electric vehicles, and that's why we're seeing such an improvement in their performance and their life. Totally different industry to what it was five or ten years ago. Mm, Great question. Yeah, good on you, Sam, because I I suppose, you know, if you say you wait five years and it'll be much better in five years' time, well, in five years' time, you could say exactly that, that the technology will still improve. So when is the best time to buy an EV? Well, I think that's a very personal question, yeah. uh, Cathy. What was when? When's the right time for you to buy your EV? Um, for me, it was when I had to get my other car towed, and I thought, "Yep, now's the right time right. to change over." Um, I actually started with a plug-in hybrid. Okay. Um, I live in the hills, so yeah. I drive down each day in the city. I park up. in the city. I charge actually on the network charges, yeah. which is great now. And then that gets me back home and back again. Right. So it's it's whatever works for your mm. lifestyle and your travel needs. Yeah. Um, but as Peter said, there's more and more models becoming available, and I think it's just you know. Working, planning ahead that when you're replacing your vehicle, yeah. that you'll give genuine consideration to an, to an EV for sure. All right. Uh, we've got about a minute left. Brian at O'Sullivan's Beach. Hello, Brian. Got a quick question? Yes. Yes, good morning. I want to know, if we just changed everything now, would we have enough power with our generators to be able to charge all these electric cars? That's a really great question, Brian. And as you can imagine, um, we're very conscious of the potential impact of everyone getting home and plugging in their EVs mm. at the same time between 5 and 9 o'clock at night yeah. when electricity use is not only high but also expensive. Mm. Um, so we're working on several things because um, we're really keen to change consumers from charging their cars like they do with their phone. They get home and they plug it in and they're always topping it up every night. Yeah. Um, so one of the initiatives we have is we've invested $3.2 million in nine electric vehicle smart charging trials and with emphasis on smart. And that's looking at innovative tech, software, business models and a variety of experiments across 26 sites Mm. with the intention to reduce the barriers for installation of better charging systems and smart charging systems and also trying to find ways to change consumer behaviour to encourage them to charge during periods of those high renewables. You'll see in the news, Australia hits 100% renewable days, or South Australia does, and we're in a brilliant state for that. So just looking at trying to just change that behaviour. That might reduce the number of days if everyone plugs in their EVs. So that's the only problem. Well, well I think that the, the, the point with these electric vehicles is that they have 300, yeah. 400, 500 kilometres of range and you don't have to charge them every day, yeah. which means that, that we, just like we all get petrol at different times yes. of the week, yeah. it's the same with same cars. Thing. All right. Great having you both in. So many questions and uh, we haven't got to all of our callers. Thank you for the calls. Peter Natras, Manager, Future Industries, Department for Energy, and Cathy Butfield, Project Manager, EV Integration. Thank you both. Stay mm-hmm. tuned. Nine News on 5AA next. Conversations with Cornsey with Dennis Dunstan today and Jade Robberin is back through the afternoon. Mm-hmm.